When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful and hot and humid Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack, and this is the 176th edition of the main interview show. That means... We got some repeats in there, but uh, roughly 170 or so human beings have been interviewed on this show. Uh, Someone should, I have it all, a record of it, obviously somewhere. I should do a count of how many, I've done some follow-up interviews. Ken, why are you getting caught up in the numbers? I don't know. Start the show. We're here. As you know, I love doing these intros now because a lot of the interviews are pre-taped. I want to keep uh, the information and just have a little opening discussion with my life. I think that's important. I think that's cool. And the first thing is information. I've been talking about it. You're going to start seeing a little bit of a push on social media for me. A little bit, like a big push on social media because I really want this to work out. i got a cool thing. I was invited by the fine folks at the Central Coast Film Society to come uh, help uh, share Star Wars with the world. The Central Coast Film Society, which is the Central Coast is kind of my hometown. It, it, it's a longer area. But I'm specifically, this event's going to be on my old high school campus or on the front of the parking lot. Again, Ken with the details. Central Coast Film Society is presenting a presentation, a screening of Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope. And the special guest is me, Ken Napsok, author of the book, Why We Love Star Wars from Mango Publishing. And on August 24th, 6 p.m. at the Clark Center Performing Arts Center. It's the Clark Center over there in um, my hometown. Like I said, it's on my high school campus. We're going to be showing this movie. You know this movie. We love this movie. But come experience, experience it in a big, a big screen, big crowd environment. There'll be a Q&A afterwards, a VIP experience for some ticket holders, which includes a signed copy includes, I says, a signed copy of Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built the Galaxy Far, Far Away, and early admission ticket holders that have access to theater seating an hour before the screening, and access to pre-screening activities uh, before general admission ticket holders. I'll also be selling some copies of my book. I love this paper. The paper with information. It's going to be exciting. I am so just honored that they asked me. Uh, particularly a shout out to Sarah Risley, who's a fan of the movie Trivia Schmodown. And I've mentioned before, she ran into me at the uh, free for all, which was held in Los Angeles back in March and was like, Hey, love your work. But more importantly, we got this thing, the Central Coast Film Society. We love to do something to help with your book. And wow, I was blown away by this thinking it was going to be so small, like, like, Oh, cool. You're going to invite me up to like one of your meetings. There'll be like cookies and punch. And I'll talk to some people who are film, uh, film fans. Not that I thought they were small. I just, I just look at myself and think I I'm small and this is going to be a big event. Going to be a lot of people there, but I really want a lot of you there. If you're local, if you listen to the show and you're nearby and you can make the trip, 
Uh, maybe just want to make the trip uh, anyways. Uh, it's a great place. If you've never been to the Central Coast of California, more specifically Arroyo Grande, Pismo Beach. It's my home stomping grounds. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, good way to promote the book, but more importantly, just celebrate Star Wars, which is what we like to do. Just got back from San Diego Comic-Con. And last week we were talking, I've been talking a little bit about how Comic-Con, for a lot of us this year in the industry, a lot of us who go every year, this is like my sixth straight year, and I know someone who went, this was like, this is my 27th straight Comic-Con. That blows my mind. That's a lot of change in the event. A lot of us, uh, there was a, a feeling of, of, all right, let's go. We'll have fun, but we got to do this. Uh, and I'm being honest. And, and I say that knowing that some people out there listening, one of your life goals is to get to San Diego Comic-Con and you haven't had the chance. And I want to be very respectful of those people. I'm very fortunate to get to go. Um, never had uh, to pay for a ticket because I've always gone with press or with groups. Uh, this year, no different. And uh, I've paid for the hotels a lot. Some years, not so much or shared with people. And last year, a lot of zeros behind the hotel that I had to get uh, last year. This year, uh, I didn't. I had some, um, uh, I got to stay with uh, my cousin for one night. And then, and then a hotel uh, sprung up, was kind of gifted to me, Grace, uh, the second and third night. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. And I say that because I know there's a lot of out there, a lot of you listening are like, gee, Ken, oh, you got to go to Comic-Con. No, it's a fun life. It's a fun life. But it just was a weird feeling of 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 not knowing really what was news-wise what was going to come out of Comic-Con. Yeah, the Marvel stuff and everything. But I don't really work in the movie news side anymore, so it's like nothing there for me. I had the great comedy show, uh, the live movie trivia showdown. So I was going down for a reason. But Comic-Con itself, the grind. And, and it's hard work for a lot. There was years, I, I need to explain it. Like when you hear some of us say, oh, Comic-Con's hard work. What that means is often, uh, particularly in my second year when I went with the Schmoes, we'd be up at 6 a.m. to get to like a 7 a.m. press event because there's press breakfasts and all those kind of things, which are great. Uh, but you got to get up and then you go all day. And you're running back. A lot of times the weather, this year the weather was great. But, I, you know, I went one year, man, I, I I had to buy like extra underpants down there. The humidity was so bad. You know what I mean? Being honest. And you work all day. Then you race back and you're getting, you're eating protein bars and trying to get a Subway sandwich stuffed down your gullet. Then you go back to your hotel room and you have a little time. And a lot of times you're sharing with people hotel rooms. So Maybe you don't even get a shower or you got to get in there, get out quick and, and you suit up or you put on your nice clothes and you head to a party and then you fight to get in. And even though you're on the guest list, you don't know if you're going to get in. You have to work your way in and then you get in and, and you have fun. Oh, yeah, we have fun. But you get back to your room two, three a.m. and then you got to do it all again. Get up at six a.m. the next day, do it all again. And that takes its toll. Again, are we talking about hard work? No, I'm not. But this is what happens. This is a lot of us. And we've a lot of us move past that. But it's like you got to mentally. All right. Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Do I want to go this year? Do I want to go through with that? Yeah, it's fun. But a lot of us didn't. And I got to tell you, I ended up going down and having a great time. But I learned a valuable lesson because the last couple of years, I haven't been working uh, the event. I've been on panels. It was on the Screen Junkies panel last year. Uh, not on this year, but again, at the Comedy Show Live Showdown. Uh, last year, I also did a great panel. Um, with the Black Series Rebel guys, Alex and Steve, and a lot of fun. This year, I didn't get invited to anything, and I didn't ask for anything, and so I, uh, you know, I was a little mopey, and uh, you know, and and we can, and all of us as humans, but we, those who go to Comic Con, 
can get caught up in little check marks of what you feel you deserve or what you feel you want to experience or what what is cool and what look good what looks good on your social resume oh i'm on that party guest list oh i got invited to that panel oh i'm doing this oh i'm staying even the hotels become this weird ego game you know this year i was like i had to stay far away first uh, the first night it was like 45 minutes away uh, second uh, third night 20 plus minutes away and you say it with shame hey where you're staying i'm staying far Oh, well, I'm at the Omni. I'm at the Hilton Bayfront. And I have experienced all of that. I have slept on full floors one year uh, due to a hotel mishap. This went over screen junkies. We are on the train down and we, due to a, like, honestly, a clerical error. No one's real fault. There was a little mistake, a miscommunication. We didn't check in the first night we had the reservations because screen junkies wasn't coming down until Wednesday. But the hotel thought we were coming down Tuesday. So 5 a.m., they're a great Rooms are back on the market. So we found out on the train down that about 10 of our crew, about 30 in the crew total, 10 of our crew didn't have rooms. One, we got worked out craziness on the, you're trying to get phone calls and there's no hotels available. We ended up getting one. I won't even, I didn't have to pay for it, but I won't even, the price for one night was insane at this one hotel at the Hilton Bayfront downtown, right, right there, right at the convention center. Next couple of nights, I didn't have a room. I had to share uh, a room with my friends Matt and Brittany, but more, I slept on their windowsill, which was big and had a pillow. It was actually kind of fun. I'm saying this with fun memories now, but it was kind of chaotic. And so I've stayed in all these hotels, front, but you've, it's so weird. Even the hotels become this ego game. What, what, what hotel did you got? Well, I got the Weston Gas Lamp. I got the Hard Rock Gas Lamp District. Oh, I got the Ramada Inn at Hotel Circle. I am less of a human being. What I learned this year, and it's maybe something that I already know, and it can translate to all parts of life. I had a great Comic-Con. Not because where I was staying. Not because uh, how much of the cost was, which can be worn as this red badge of courage. Oh, I paid $832 for a night for my hotel. All that didn't matter. All the panels that I didn't get on or all the panels that I were, weren't invited to be part of, all the panels I didn't ask to be part of, all the parties I didn't get into, all the lists I wasn't on, it didn't matter. I had a great time because of the people around me. My girlfriend at my side, some of my best friends sharing a comedy stage with them, getting to just drink in a, a very crowded bar but getting to experience all these people who, by the way, I see weekly in Los Angeles and I even go to events and party with them in Los Angeles. But here we are in San Diego at Comic-Con. It just has a different feel and vibe. And we did get into one party. Uh, we were, Grace and I weren't even on this list, but some of our friends were going. So we took a little fun uh, pedicab, one of those bicycle kind of rickshaw cabs down from our restaurant down to... Uh, to this party, which was a, the IMDB party on uh, a boat. And um, so we we just said, we'll follow you down to this party. We get in line, and, and one of our friends, uh, she's really good at getting people into places, into parties. In fact, you know her. It's Darina, who's been on this podcast before. In fact, I talked about it on the podcast. She she is She's really good at, like, I'll get you in, and she gets you in. So we got in, but we had to wait. It's like an hour, hour plus. You're waiting outside in this line. It's like a club in Hollywood or New York. And we're just like, what are we doing here? And then we get in. Yeah, there's some cool celebrities around. It was Kevin Smith. I know 
Kevin, you know, and he doesn't remember me too much, but he's there. I Jay Muse. Kelsey Grammer was there. That's weird. People here and there. Some friends you see passing that you don't see a lot, but they're during they're LA people. It's all good. But we're walking around and we're in this party. You're getting bumped into. Uh, you can barely get a drink. The bartenders are giving you attitude. Not their fault. They're overworked. And I ended up looking around. I'm like, I'm only here talking to the people I already know. And these things are fun. In fact, I think any one of you listening should get the chance to do this because it's cool. It's cool. And don't deny that and allow yourself that fun. The first couple of years, it was fun. I've told you the story. My first Comic-Con party, George R. Martin standing in front of me. My second one, we left that one. We go to the other one and Kit Harrington, Richard Madden, Jon Snow and Rob Stark are clinking beers with me. We're not friends. We didn't make a lifelong connection, but they're like, hey, mate, good to meet you. That's cool. That's fun. And you should enjoy that. And I wish you all had the chance. But it doesn't make anything. It doesn't make the event. It doesn't make your life better. It's a fun little thing, a little little thing to write down on your social resume. Afterwards, we left and we all went to, uh, we met up with the wangers, the, the good guys, the wanger crew. And we all ended up walking, and you walk, and you walk, and you walk at San Diego Comic-Con. And we ended up back at a bar that was right near uh, the party we had left. We should have just uh, turned left, and, and it would have been great. Um, but we go up there, and there's everyone from our other part of our crew, a lot of friends. I met a couple new people, chatted with, uh, you know, one cool celebrity, right? All that didn't matter. What mattered was I was around the people I love and respect, and that's what made the event. And we did it again the next night. Didn't even try. Didn't even worry about no fancy parties. We didn't do that. We just had fun and connected. The people you love, people you respect, or people you work with, people you're friends with. It's just those things. None of it mattered. That's what matters. When life goes, when life goes, when life ends, that is what your final thoughts and heartbeats and memories will be about. I'm going to be in your deathbed going, I got into the IMDB party. I was on that panel. Eh, it doesn't matter. It's all fun. It's frosting on the cake. But don't get caught up in that. Enjoy it when it happens. Look at the other things. Recently, uh, I learned that a, a high school classmate of mine, class of 94, Royal Grande High School, class of 94, uh, she passed away. And passed away while I was at San Diego Comic-Con. And I want, I want this clear. Her, her name's Carolyn. And you can go to my Facebook page, my regular Facebook page. I, I posted some thoughts about her. And I want this clear. I, we weren't close friends. Uh, I hadn't talked to her since uh, my 20th high school reunion about five years ago. And we're, we're having a 25th. And she was going to be there. And I was very excited to see her. But she's someone we all knew uh, in high school. I mean, obviously, our, our class, class tonight four, was was was. Middle, it was average, medium, but it's not not big, but not small. Uh, even though I'm in a small town, the high school was pretty big. Um, but she, you know, came up through the ranks in school with her, as you do often with your classmates. And she she had some challenges in front of her, health challenges and, and physical challenges. And we all had a special, you know, as, as, as the class of 94, just that high school, we were all very protective of her. And again, not someone I... Sat and had a lot of one-on-ones with. But you'd see her in the hallway, you'd say hi. Over the years on Facebook, 
you know, you give a like to her, her comments and a, Hey man, you're doing great type of thing. And I just want that clear. Cause I don't want to represent something that it's not, but I found out she passed away unexpectedly went in the hospital. We don't know the details. Uh, and I wouldn't share them if I did. And she passed away. She was looking forward to the 25th reunion. And I'll tell you what, man, it's another one of those little life things where you look down and you go, there's a lot of cool things and a lot of things you want to do. And there's a lot of worries. And I always say your struggles are your struggles. Don't ever, don't ever let anything, myself included, or anyone, dis- diminish your struggles. They're a real thing. But perspective is important. And as Qui-Gon Jinn says, it's one of Joseph Scrimshaw's favorite Qui-Gon quotes over on our Force Center podcast. Your focus determines your reality. How you look at things determines your reality. This soul, this beautiful soul, Carolyn, faced so many obstacles. Obstacles that, even as she climbed over them, kept her from living a normal life. Remember one time she posted with great joy that she was living on her own for the first time. Not because, oh, she got an apartment and she got moved out of roommate, but because she could. Uh, her situation in life, her health and her physical disabilities made it so that living on her own was quite an accomplishment. And there was such joy in that. Something we all take for granted. I'm in the middle of a move. Right now, I took a break from moving to settle into a new place that I don't know if I can afford, and I don't know, it's so it's such a hassle. But I get to do it. It's something she didn't get to experience. She posted one time, I remember, years ago, just lamenting the fact that she knew she probably would never experience love, uh, as uh, romantic love, as, as any relationships, anything that would normally be expected in one's life. And uh, I can complain about dating. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a great relationship. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know. She'll never get to experience any of that. But she faced it all with honesty. And you all listening don't really know her. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't really know her. Uh, but this is why, with all the problems that social media can bring, and you're right to have a problem with it out there if you're listening, This is why in the end I love it because I was able to watch this person overcome these obstacles time and time again via Facebook. And we can all make jokes. Ah, you know, Facebook and your old high school classmates. Hey, ain't they dumb? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I guess you can make those jokes. I don't think they're right. But I love staying connected. I'm looking forward to my 25th high school reunion because I get to go back and see a lot of these people face to face. Yeah, I watch their lives via social media, and they watch mine via social media, but that ain't the truth. I've got a lot of struggles. I've got a lot of successes. So do they. So do they. So I watched this beautiful soul, Carolyn, not struggle through life, succeed in spite of anything that life put put in front of her. She climbed over it and chose joy. Focus determines the reality. She focused on joy. So, Carolyn, rest in peace. Very, very disappointed. I won't get to say hi. I'll give you a high five at the 25th high school reunion coming up here in November. Um, but the 
party continues and your journey's just beginning. And ten of you listening, you don't need to know her. And, and, and you don't even need to worry about sending any kind words to me. That's, that's not needed. I just want you to learn from this life that you weren't even aware of maybe till right now. There are things that will be in front of you. There'll be challenges, all those things, but I want you to climb over them. And I want you to choose joy when you can. Joy when you can't. Focus determines your reality. On that note, and I actually think that's a great note, we're going to sit down here after the break with our friend P.J. Campbell, Patrick Campbell. You'll learn all about him. Some of you listening may know him. He's a, a, a supportive player in the movie trivia Schmodown world and the Collider and Schmo's world. And what I mean by that is he's not out there. He's got his own podcast, and we're going to talk all about that stuff. But he's not one of the guys that you're going to see on screen a lot. You're going to see him appear at an intro and in Schmodown or something like that, and you're going you're gonna to see all that stuff. Um, but his support it means a lot to the Schmodown world. He's one of the first... You know, even though he was back behind the scenes, he was one of the first like public fans of this, tweeting about it, supporting it, showing up to events, cheering, cheering competitors, not asking for a chance to compete himself, just showing up. And then his support, he's part of the infrastructure of it. And he's kind of part of some of the travel and planning of these live events. And if you've gone to a Schmo's No, uh, excuse me, movie trivia Schmodown, it's all the same to me sometimes. If you've gone to one of the live events, including this past weekend in San Diego or particularly some of the ones uh, over this past year in New York comes to mind, it's happened in large part because of PJ's contributions behind the scenes to it. Um, Things we'll probably never fully share. Things he'll never fully get credit for. But he's someone, too, who lets his focus determine his reality. And we had a great interview, and I'm happy to share it with you right now here on The Knapsack Files, right after this break. Stick around. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. We're here in beautiful Burbank, California. I keep forgetting I've started the show in a new way. I do I do intros the week I release the show in case I pre-tape so much that the information in my life changes, which did happen. But I still like starting with uh, my old radio partner, Matty D, talking about the Morning Drive Media presentation of this wonderful episode. And old habits are hard to break. And speaking of old habits, that's not a transition. But this guest is making his debut, but he is uh, not uh, a stranger to the lands of the Knapsack Files as as a listener, supporter, and someone who uh, started working behind the scenes and doing a wonderful job with the movie Trivia Schmodown. And after a while, I was like, why why am I not giving this guy some spotlight? Because he's a hardworking dude. Please welcome... I know him sometimes as Patrick, but I prefer to call him PJ Campbell. What's up? Hey, man, I'm really glad to be here. It's not the 4th of July. Thank God no. for that. We uh, we had a time lapse on that, but it, it's kind of unreal to be here. Like, I've, Is it? I've known you now for two and a half years. Okay. And Sorry. No, well, you know, the first time I met you, I don't know if you remember this, I went out of my way to not 
be around you. I was yeah, scared of you at first, you, you know. And I started coming around for the Schmoes No Show before it had right. finished. And I do remember that? Yeah, Sarah and I were in the audience one night watching, and she dropped something, and you stared at us because it was during the live show. And I was like, I'm gonna leave Ken alone forever. So I waited about a year before That's I started fair. talking to you. That's fair. Yeah, I um, I'm a grumpy man. Yeah, well, I'm like uh, I'm like Chief Hopper on Stranger Things. Pretty grumpy. Um, but really inside, I just want to be left alone with my video games. And so that's where it translates. Yeah, but well, I mean, I understand now. that. How can you not? Well, I'm- my, also my trust circle, it's something that's small. You'll get in the trust circle. I just, I just vet you a little bit. I got to yeah. vet you. And over the years, uh, you've just, uh, naturally just worked your way in that bubble because you're such a good chap. You're a good chap. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. A hardworking chap. I've been doing it for a little bit now. I yeah. Mean, I kind of fell into it, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. I did because I ended up meeting so many wonderful people out of it. You do a lot. We'll start with what, uh, I mean, you have the, you have the, uh, you have the, uh, how many podcasts do you do now? You're like me. So you have the PJ I, Campbell I, show. I do the PJ Campbell show, and yeah. then I've actually been on Sight and Sound a little bit with Snelling lately. Yeah, get Snelling out of here. Oh, you know, uh, I mean, he reached out to me. He was like, Collider kicked me to the curb, so I needed somewhere to go. And it's the best move for his career. He'll, yeah, he'll look back and realize that. But yeah, I started doing the PJ Campbell show partially because for a long time I had done a podcast called Real Film Chatter that was us right. just talking about movie news all the time. And mm-hmm. after a while, movie news becomes kind of monotonous. Repetitive. Yeah. Repetitive. And I was getting tired of it. I wanted to do something that was a little more open-ended. And yeah. I, I missed Schmoes. I missed the original Schmoes. The original Schmoes. Yeah. yeah. So when we kind of came up with the idea, it was Frank Janish and Patrick Hogue who uh-huh. all kind of people know them from the different sides of the Schmoes universe. Yeah. And I still remember Patrick's calls into the old show. This is right. Patrick Hogue used to say so nice and dignified. He's such a nice Canadian boy. <laughs> but we were like, we kind of missed that. So we wanted yeah. to go back to those old days, kind of the toad hop days of just some guys sitting around, mm-hmm. screwing around. And it's funny because quite a few of the people who started tuning in, that's yeah. a lot of the comments they get. They go, you guys remind us of the older version of the Schmoes. And I was like, well, that's kind of what our aim was. We wanted awesome. to go back to that. But you, it's the PJ Campbell show because you won. Did you win the con or is it your equipment? It was my equipment. <laughs> and uh, Sarah had actually had Brian Ward do my logo before we had decided what the name of the show was going to be. Oh, that's- and once the logo was done, I was like, well, that's what it's going to be. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good uh, wife and producing partner. I thought so. To get you in there. Sarah's like, we're putting your face on this. Yeah, it's yours. That and old Frankie numbers can wait. <laughs> that and our old Corky, because he's oh, the other one yeah. on the logo. So That's Kirk right. is on it too. And yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool that she managed to do that. And I was like, how can I say no to that? And mm-hmm. I keep threatening to put Hogue's face on it. And yeah. I, I'm scared that I'm going to lose the audience. Yeah, well, but you, you guys know. are doing great work. That's awesome that you get to do Thank that. And, and here's okay. So you're, you're you're being honest up top. I'll be honest on top. So so you know you're you're one of the folks uh, showing up, rooting, working. And love it. I always love it. I yeah. love that work. Um, but again, what ends up happening is is there's an old story. I t- I've told the story before. Uh, you might have heard it on the on old Napsack files. Jimmy Johnson comes to the Miami Dolphins as a head coach. Big Dallas Cowboy. Uh, you know, big Miami U- University of Miami coach, Hall of Fame coach. He sits around and he in the first day says, "You had none of you have made the team. Even Dan Marino, none of you have made the team. You've got to do something to earn your spot." Like the first practice, he's like, Dan, you, you've made the team. Second one was uh, this, uh, uh, what's the guy? It was Larry something. He was a special teams player. and Larry Izzo. And I think he went on to, with the Patriots and everything. And he made a play. And he was like, you're the second person to make the team. I kind of have this weird 
it's not like you're cut. PJ's right. going to be cut. But it's like, after a while, I look around and go, who's just silently, quietly doing important things and not getting any credit? And, and then I start to notice that stuff. Um, there, I'll say this. You, the only reason I think the live schmodowns have worked is because of some of the work you have done. Oh, Without oh. that, I don't think it happens to the degree that it's done. And maybe from there, we'll move on from there. But I was looking around, I was like, and, and, and New York, oh, we get off the plane. God. We get off the plane. We're supposed to go straight to our hotel. It takes an hour to get to the... Yeah, the, out of JFK. It's, it's JFK. always awful. And we're calling, and there was a big mix-up on the hotels. And you were there like 6 a.m., with Mark Ellis, who's another, you know, stand-up kind of dude, fixing the problem. I'm like, who is this kid? Yeah. Who is this kid? Where does he get this dedication and work ethic for no glory? No one's going to scream your name to the rooftops at a live event unless they're friends, fans of the P.J. Campbell show, which you all should be. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and it's funny you bring that up because... You know, I've had a few people in the Facebook group who have said the same thing. Brandon Hanna goes in there anytime someone's oh, talking F about the line. Oh, Hanna. I know. Hanna's the worst. But but he's another guy. We like him. When I know. show up, he's there cleaning the inside smut on set before I bring my cheesy uh, breakfast. You know, up. he tells me that his favorite part of the day is when he gets to do Knapsack or the Schmodown. Oh, you. yeah. Just doing that. That's awesome. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's a awesome. great guy. But that night before was like the fan meetup event that we had done. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I'll... I'll go out and then I was going to go to bed. And yeah. as the stuff with the hotel started to unravel, I was like, eh, I'm not going to bed anytime soon yeah. until I get everything set up. And I was up for 24 hours. No, you are. And got everything set up. And then I like immediately got to the room and yeah. I passed out. And then two hours later, it was like, Christian's like, Hey, you want to have lunch? I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> Where does this come from? Where does this desire to help come from? Uh, I'm just going to say it's probably a place of insecurity. If I'm uh, being completely honest, be um, honest, I've always kind of been made fun of. I was a kid who you obviously know I'm a giant nerd. I, I've always loved Star Wars and okay. I've loved Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. And I grew up in an area where stuff like that is not necessarily looked upon. Where'd you grow up? Uh, past Sacramento up in like a little town called Cameron Park. Yep. Not a very big okay. town. Gotcha. Uh, basically a truck stop on the way to Tahoe. Right, right. right. So, you know, there's a lot of rednecks up there, uh, which, is, you know, everyone's got their way of life. Mm -hmm. I just didn't fit that mold. You're and not judging them. No. They're just judging you. They're, exactly. And so from that, I just, once I kind of fell into all of this and doing this, I was like, anytime I get a chance, I want to work as hard as I can because I finally felt like I found the people I wanted to be around. Gotcha. So making them feel like I belong there. Yeah. Felt necessary. Is it is it is it earning your keep or place and not wanting like it, it, where? Yeah, because I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's your way of celebrating. Hey, thanks for having me around. Yes, but what? What? So, but it comes from an insecure place. Do you? Point being, do you think suddenly I'm going to turn to you and be like, "You're cut." Not anymore. I don't have that power. You don't have that power. You know, every once in a while when my phone starts ringing and I see it's Christian, yeah, my butt clenches up a little uh -oh. bit because I'm never sure exactly what it is. But, this you know, it might be the time. It might be the time, but it's usually, hey, well, this is the question stuff. So. I respect also, too. I respect a lot of what you're saying and respect how you do it. And I am. This is going to seem weird. Um, like, I respect sometimes the silence. Right. I, I ex respect. I'm here. Uh, I'll help. And. I'm going to be a, not an observer, but just not not insert myself. I'm not too thirsty for this. Right. And I've seen that. 
I've seen that <laughs> where it's like you're gulping Gatorade to try to get on the team. And, and that is a big, big, big turn. Cause I think a lot of people are thought or taught, excuse me, uh, ask, harass, get there. You'll get on a show. That's how you get a meeting, sneak into the mail room. And some of that stuff might work. It, it doesn't necessarily work for me. That's why I like it. There was an incident. I won't even describe it too much where someone, I, I saw someone get, you were just doing some work and someone got mad at you. Oh, God. And I was like, Oh, that's the last straw. I love this guy. Because <laughs> how dare he? It reminded me of stuff I've been in. Where yeah. I'm just like, hey, I'm just doing my work. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't treat me like that. But you're not going to say that because you're a nice guy. Yeah, and I always just kind of keep that stuff internal for the most part because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. figure later on, usually after most of the matches, people know we end up drinking yeah. and we all go out. And, right, we, right. you know, at that point, I can detox from it. And it's one of those things. Like, I don't think people realize sometimes how yeah. stressful those days can be for us. The shoot days are long, especially yeah. now. Yeah, because we're doing it one Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's like six or seven matches, and with this new live element on top of it, yeah. the streaming stuff, when we did Collision just recently, right. going into it all day, my stomach is just up in my throat because mm. Chris and I worked all week making sure like questions looked right, and it was like... Anything that can go wrong, you just want to anticipate that it will. Absolutely. And so that whole day, I was just, I didn't leave the studio. Like, during yeah. all the breaks, I was, I stayed in, there. I was in there, I made sure everything looked okay, and we just kept going. Mm-hmm. And it was like, by the time it was over, I was just, wanted to lay down. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's fun exhaustion, but it's exhaustion nonetheless. You're a nerd growing up, you like all these things, you got a nice Star Wars shirt on, and so here you got a New York Yankee hat on right I now, do. which is, uh, we share that love of that team. Um when did the desire to go from just watching this stuff to talking about it, being part of it, when did that kick in for you? Probably around 2011, Okay, right around the time I was I turned 21. Gotcha. And once the space started to blow up a lot, mm-hmm. I was like, huh, maybe there's a place to put my voice into it. And the people that did like listening to me about mm-hmm. movies and stuff, I'd been writing on and off through high school. I'd write reviews and right. just, you know social media type stuff. And by the time I came down here, I was like, well, why not? Why not throw my ring into it? Like my hat into the ring and let's see what happens. And your rings. Yeah. And my rings. And, uh, I ended up getting a, a, like a freelance offer right out the gate. And one of the very first things I ended up covering was, um, monsters university. And Uh I went to the junket and I was sitting in the room with John Goodman and Billy crystal. And there was this moment where I was like, yeah, I'm a small town kid who has no business being here, but, that's yeah. John Goodman and Billy Crystal, and how could I pass that up? And so yeah. I just kind of kept chipping away and just kept doing it. And then right around 28, no, 2016 is when I finally met all you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if Ellis knows. The first time I actually met them was at The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies. Uh, oh, wow. The critic screening. But yeah. I, ra- I literally ran into him in the bathroom. I felt really bad. Yeah, and then I was like, spot. Ah, well, I'm just going to go. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't until afterwards that I finally met everyone. Do you like this side of it more? Uh, broadcasting, talking, podcasting? I mean, you're good at that. You're good at that. But did, did was there other creative drives? Do you have those other creative drives? I, you know, quite frankly, we've yeah, never had that discussion. We've never really talked about it. Um, once upon a time, I wanted to do like directing, and I re- then I realized I was like, I don't have that drive. I'm, I'm a little lazy for that, but I'd like to You're be like a producer, me. you know? Right, right. Because the thing I've always talked about is if I had the money, mm-hmm. I would just fund the stuff that my friends want to do because right, I right. believe in storytelling. I believe in the people that want to tell the stories, and I like this side of it because I can celebrate it. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. there's a weird side of our culture now, especially in this space where 
we feel the need to almost nitpick movies to the point where we don't enjoy them anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Oh, I've dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of miss the at the movies. It's because I grew up. mentality. Ding, yeah. sin. Ding, sin. Yeah, and I. I but it, you grew up with at the movies. And I grew up yep. with at the movies, and I grew up reading mm-hmm. Ebert and mm-hmm. Roper and Gene Siskel and watching that, and. I, I mean, yeah, they were hard on movies, but I felt like they were well-rounded. Like, it was never just, well, this thing is bad and this thing mm-hmm. is bad, unless it really deserved it. Yeah. And so being in this side of the space, I think the one thing that I've always decided to try to do is I want to be someone who's a voice of reason, and let's have mm-hmm. a real conversation. Like, yeah. not everything's going to be perfect, but what about it works before what doesn't? Do you feel this movie media discussion industry... I, I don't I don't ever think it's going to go away, but you know, Knapsack Files doesn't exist in that world completely. It, sure, it, it's got some parts of it too. You know, good old Dutch Allen would disagree. Um, but I've always liked to be on the outside of that, yep. and I've burnt out on not Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Those are things that are passionate about. But yeah, I don't want to talk about the next Batman trailer. I don't want to no. talk about. It's not something I really love to begin with. Do you think that will ever change? Do you think that's I, again I, that's there to stay? But you're you're not the first person to tell me that uh, I'm kind of burnt out by this style. I think there's a bubble. I yeah. think it's getting ready to pop at least on that side of it, and yeah. I think that's why Knapsack Files has always worked. It's the thing that we're trying to do with PJ Campbell Show. It's mm-hmm. the thing that I will say, like what Christian's done with Collider Live when mm-hmm. he. It's not just movie focused. You have to be doing other things. Like, right. put your voice out there. Be you. I don't think people realize, and I know that we talk about this all the time. We've talked about it behind the scenes. People right. don't realize that we're people. They think we're just a personality, and sure. they sure. don't. They think we're just something on the other side of a computer. But we're us, and we should be respected as us. Yeah. And it's a weird thing to just kind of be in this rabbit hole, especially because knowing all of you guys it, right. you have much bigger followings than me and it, like when we were in star wars celebration mm-hmm. walking the floor with you was so interesting because you were getting stopped all the time but it's it, weird for, it was the first time in a while that it also was cool because it felt like people were celebrating star wars again yeah oh yeah definitely celebration and was so then i felt kind of elated and yeah. it made me go you know maybe this whole thing isn't so bad in the end it's not well when you're yeah it, when you're out and about and you're meeting the people uh, i think that's what's the best about it but it's not just the ad- adulation about that there it, it is the um this is a personality based uh industry and with social media and, and just the access to lives we all have it I, I can i can make fun of it or not like it but then guess what I do? I, I don't watch movies on Netflix. I watch little garden documentaries about people and personalities. Yeah. That's what we like. That's what we crave. It's We crave this authenticity uh, because I think we're in this fabricated world a lot. But it opens us up to go with your original point as then you forget that, you know, this morning I woke up with back pain and depression. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I woke up this morning just hoping to make it through the day. You, you know? made it here, And man. I made it here, and that's the best you part. You got your coffee, and you're good, yeah. and you are an open and honest person, and you uh, go through struggles with your heart on your sleeve. You go through successes and, and great moments with your heart on your sleeve, and I think that's a great way to live life. The the highs and the lows, it shows you're living, and you've got, there's a couple of things I want to dig in with you here. One, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's maybe start uh, positive here. Though it's scary, you are uh, making a big transition in life. I am. I am moving to Arizona. Arizona. It's a weird thing, man. It's still this, weird. This is, and we don't have to get into details of the of the housing wise, right? Some of it's uh, just financial in the sense that 
you, your wife, me, uh, uh, my girlfriend, for a lot of friends, it's tough to live in, in, in L.A. A little bit. A little bit. I was just joking. I won't say the price, but uh, my friends at Star Wars Explained are selling their first house because uh, they moved into sure. another house. And I looked at the listing, and I was like, text uh, Alex Damon. I was like, don't ever leave Atlanta. No. It, well, that's... <laughs> that's what you're asking for that that castle? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I told you. And I'll tell. I'll go yep. this far a little bit. I'm not going to say how much it was, but yeah. we got a four-bedroom house for mm-hmm. next to nothing. And what it would cost to live a month there mm-hmm. is almost less than half of what we pay for our side of the rent here. Yeah. And, and look, we I, I always... Don't want to ever sound like it's too much of complaining because we choose to do it. We, mm-hmm. we chase our dreams. You came down here. I did. Um, to specifically chase this, right? Was I it, did. Was it, was it school love or, or otherwise, or was no, it career? No, it was this. It yeah. was specifically this. When I moved down mm-hmm. here, I never had any inkling, really, of going back to school. Like, I did online college for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was never a great student. I'm one of those kids who I just... I got bored. It wasn't that I didn't like being in school. It was, I wanted to be doing other things. I get restless really quickly. So I wanted to go out and do things. And ever since I got out of high school, I just worked and you've seen it. Like, I just like to work. I just put myself into a situation and I just work. And so that's what I've been doing since I graduated. Yeah. And I mean, right or wrong. I think that there's a, thing to be said about people who want to do that. Like, I think that yep. there's a lot put on kids nowadays that you have to get into college. You have mm-hmm. to focus on these things. You have to be the next great big thing. And it's like, not necessarily. That uh, That's an interesting side discussion. Let's talk about that because it's, it's the, a trade school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are, we should be all raised to feel like we're special and have a great place in the world. But, but we do need, you know, I need a, Auto mechanic because I can't do it. A hundred percent. So it's a weird conversation to have with your kid. Right. I would imagine I don't have kids uh, to be like, be the best you want to be. Can I just be an auto mechanic? Well, it's not just an auto mechanic. It is an auto mechanic. Right. And we need you to be the best at that. And I know what you're saying because that often leads to empty pursuits. Yeah. And <laughs> I see, I worked at Best Buy for almost four years. Yeah. And in that time I was there, I had met a lot of people who had like big degrees in things mm-hmm. that they weren't doing anything with. Yeah. Because that's just kind of how and things it, land. And it's an extra layer of depression that I right. think probably sits in. And so I think the one thing that's worked out for me, which sounds weird, is that I never really focused on it. I gotcha. started doing the things that I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And anytime that I decided I don't want to do this thing anymore, I could move on to the next thing. And I think that that's what's worked out really well is I always wanted to be a Disneyland cast member. So when I moved down here right. to pursue this, the one thing I got to do was I left Best Buy and I worked at Disneyland for five years. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved being a Disney cast member. I'd always wanted to be because when I was little, I was at Disney World and once upon a time they had this ride called the Great Movie Ride. Mm -hmm. Um, It recently closed, but I was scared to get on the ride and the cast member up front like actually like got down on their knees and they were talking to me and I was, I always remembered that in the back of my head. It was a weird thing that always stayed with me and I was like, if I can do that for someone else, Mm. even a little bit, I would love to do that. So, yeah. Went in, worked at Disney for almost five years, and I loved doing it. And there was then, no way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of uh, Cinderella in there. Oh, you know. You make a great Jasmine. Oh, thanks, man. A uh, <laughs> little cultural appropriation now, but, yeah, yeah. you know, we yeah. moved on from we, that. We, you took it. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, so, yeah, so that's a, you chased that dream and made yeah. it happen. And I, so I did that, but I was also doing this. Yeah. And I've yeah. kept doing this. Like, this has always been the thing I wanted to do. It was always do the other job to pay the bills. Sure. And because most people don't realize, I see it online. I saw it today. Uh-huh. Um, a bunch of stuff came out because 
when we're recording this Lion King, they just dropped all the reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, there's a bunch of people online who are going, oh, look at the people who are giving it good reviews. They're only giving it good reviews because they want access to Disney. And I'm like, I don't think you guys realize <laughs> that's not how it really works. They are the flat earthers of the yeah. film Twitter. So film Twitter is a special place. And yeah. so because this doesn't really pay the bills, you got to do other things. Yeah. And so th- I've always been just chipping away at it. Chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. But this big change is coming up here. And it's interesting because, yeah, at the time of this recording, this maybe a couple weeks out of, of when the episode's released. So you'll be closer, if not actually on the road, maybe. I don't know. I think the week after. So I'll still be yeah. here for at least You'll still a week. be here. Yeah. So you are close to moving to Arizona, mm-hmm. which is something that is an opportunity that came up. You had to take it. Um, and I, th- I think you're approaching with a good attitude. But I, I really want to ask you about on the cusp of this big change, how do you feel going into, but you, you, your career dreams are going to change or do they change? And how do you fit into a new world at this point yeah. in your life? You're still a young man, but you're also not fresh out of college. No, I, I'm in a, it's an awkward position because, yeah. you know, I, I'm almost 30. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit younger than some of the people in our group, but Life, I'm not the youngest. over for you. It kind of feels like that, but I mean, how can it not be when I look at Chance Ellison, look at all the things he's doing in the he's showdown 14. Already. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I just want to kind of barrel into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best way. Like, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. You are choosing. Let me get this right. You are choosing to hit this change head on. Yeah, because Love that's that. all I know how to do. I've always just been that person. I'm just going to jump into it because yeah. I think that we forget Ferris Bueller. Life moves pretty fast, you know. Life if you don't, moves pretty If you don't fast. stop to look around every once in a while, you might miss it. And so... yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Barrel into it. Enjoy it. We don't have that much time here yeah, on this here, earth, yeah. man. Like the stuff with Cameron Bryce has put lots in perspective for me. That kid oh, was yeah. 20. 20. And you think about that and it, look, I'm married. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to take care of my wife. I want to be able to give her a good life. And it's yeah. really important to me. And if I get an opportunity that opens up like this, the cool thing is podcasting and doing this mm-hmm. is mobile. I can still do this side of things. Right. And I can still mobily help the Schmodown if right. need be, which I'm assuming but, need be, but oh trust me, <laughs> yeah. need be. Need um, be. But here but the, but beyond just yeah, and I, would, I that's part of this. Part of this equation of I can bring my microphones, uh, Zencaster and Skype and all this stuff I can record. Get yourself a Roadcaster Pro yeah, and you can too. take phone calls directly into your board like I can here. Thank you to the fine folks at Road Mics uh, for the Roadcaster Pro. Um, but beyond all that, PJ, what what I'm hearing from you when you you attack this change head on it means you're going to own the fear of the situation and the anxiety because mm-hmm. it's there. Oh, I know it's there. it's there. It would be there. This is a dramatic switch, possibly in your career path, possibly in your, definitely in your life path. But it sounds like to me, you're like, let's grab a sword, grab a shield, and we're going to go own this. A hundred percent. And that's the only way I've ever known it. And yeah. so for me, I just look at everything as everything's trial and error. But I think that mm-hmm. good comes out of everything we do in the end. Even the bad can become good and I've done this for a long time and Mm -hmm. why not take a swing at something else? It's just one of those things. I think that we get stuck in a place where we feel comfortable and we don't always want to do it. And sometimes it's good to take a new opportunity and change things up a little bit. Like it's better to not be stuck in a rut. And, and I was afraid that being out here, eventually I'd get stuck in that rut of just trying to make ends meet. Would I Mm -hmm. ever finally find some sort of peace? And I've got a couple of things down there that I'm, looking at potentially doing that keep me in this space while still getting to podcast and things like yeah. that, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise I'm still going to be podcasting and 
I can do it because the great people at Roadcaster Pro, mm-hmm. they, I, I get something nice like that. I yeah. can have Ken call into the show. It'd be great. All right. It'd be awesome. Come on, Road Mics. Hook yeah. up TJ Campbell. Uh, I don't know if they listen, but I'll find out. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I love this. I love this this thought. This is this owning the fear, owning the owning the anxiety. And it sounds too, you know, um, like nothing's permanent other than death. Right. And taxes. <laughs> and taxes. You know, I, for me, yes. <laughs> Others, maybe not. Oh, Wesley um, Snipes, but you know. Yeah, well, it comes back on you. And, um, but yeah, that's that's what's uh, really inspiring about what you're doing here. It's something that you you kind of... Well, I don't say you. Ha- you don't have to take this this big move. Um, I know a little bit more of the situation uh, from what you've talked about, but like you could have, you could say no. Mm-hmm. I, you I, could say no. But, I could have said no, but you don't. You're not because you're like, well, let's this this path has opened up, and we we're going not need to, we're going to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's a good decision, I think, because again, we end up in these positions sometimes where when you get offered something. Sometimes it's good to weigh those options. And yeah. I mean, you and I were talking about it off mic sometimes, and we are just talking about it here. Sometimes it's just hard here. It, it yeah. just is. And instead of complaining about it being hard here, why not find a way to ease that pain and still find a way to be here? Yeah. And so I'm trying to find that balance. And I think it's a thing that I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I'm really, you know, happy for you in a way uh, because, you know, I, I know, again, it's, it is tough. It's not like you're like, hey, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks hired me to be the first base coach. And going, I'm like, oh, that's a great opportunity. No, it's like you, you don't have anything out there guaranteed. You are right. making this other than a, a home, which is a valuable thing. Um, it's a base of operations, and you can now build an empire out there. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll be going out to Arizona to, to go into your show because we need to. Uh, and it can all start by taking that step. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I know that Ellis has already said instead of housing you guys in a hotel, he's just going to put you in the house, which, okay. you know, I'll give you breakfast in bed at least. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Well, you know, Ellis has his ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's good. That's exciting. That's fun. But you also went through something really hard, uh, kind of publicly. And I don't think it's talked uh, about enough. And if you're okay and, you know, uh, be open about it or you, you lost a pet. And, and yeah. I don't think that's talked about enough in terms of the soul shattering experience that can be and how you have to recover from that too. And it can't be laughed off. And it's not because these are our lives. No, it is. And you know, it happened very publicly, very quickly yeah. and very out of nowhere. Um, last year, actually a year ago last month. So it's been about mm-hmm. a year and a month now, almost huh. two. Um, and you know, I'm I have looking the tattoo. at your tat now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show that me, show that me again. Yeah. yeah, Kirk, yeah. My Kirk tattoo. Live long man. and proud. Okay. I thought, I thought for a second, I thought it was like, uh, uh, cling on there. I was like, no, oh, but no, I see. No, yeah, it's in the Star right. Trek font at least. Yes, um, it, is, it is. Again, nerd, you know, nerd, no nerd, big deal. Nerd. And he got very sick very suddenly and mm. he was, only, he was two and a half years old. That's what I remembered. It wasn't like, oh, you've had 17 years. It was right. just like, wow, okay. And it happened very quickly, and it turned out it was something to do with he was born with a liver that was not mm. quite functioning properly, gotcha. and we didn't really know what to do. And so the very first thing I did was mm. panic and go, you know, we got him into the hospital, and we took him in, and he was – my emotional support dog because mm-hmm. I've battled with depression. I've d- right. dealt with a lot um, personally. And so it was a weird situation because not only was it like 
this is my pet. This is basically my son. This is the mm-hmm. one thing I have, but it was my emotional support dog on yeah. top of it. And I didn't really know how to react. And the craziest part was is that it happened suddenly. We, it was the weekend I think of the second live schmodown we ever did out here. Right. Right. The election. And, yeah. And so that Friday I took him to the hospital by that Monday, he was gone. Wow. And wow. I just remember we were all standing downstairs. They thought it might've been cancer. They called me and they're like, Hey, he doesn't mm. have cancer. Things are starting to bounce back by the next day. Oh, it wow. flipped and it was basically so great. News. Yeah. And okay. so the one thing I am always going to be really, really thankful for more than anything mm. was the way that everyone rallied around us because mm-hmm. I was emotionally just spent and, it cost a lot of money and the Schmodown community ended up like rallying around us and mm-hmm. they, we made like $9,000 on GoFundMe to cover all of his bills. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else that I had, mm-hmm. I gave to a charity. Right. Um, just kind of in honor of him. And now, it, you know, a year later we actually have two new dogs. Yeah. It took us a long time to get there, but we got two new corgis. Um, yeah. Dipper and Mabel. They're nice. They're very adorable, but there's still a hole there. Yeah. It still hurts. I mean, I was recently looking at some of the old pictures and Alex, you know, Alex, he's yeah. uh, our roommate currently. currently. Um, he and Kirk were really close too. And we were watching videos and crying. Oh yeah. Because it, it was, it was hard, man. Well, you Mark Riley losing Cal recently, oh. you know, that, and this stuff kind of stuff happens publicly because you have a show and people listen or yeah. you're part of a, uh, an entertainment community. So fans are going to rally around, but I, I just, it's so it's so easy to say, you know, you know, it's, it's human life is, is all right. We'll say maybe higher on the depth chart. All right. But it is, it is, it is something special. And, and to have this other connection to you and, and, and the step, what were the steps of recovery for you? The first week I took completely off from work. Um, I didn't know how to handle myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. the first couple of days we spent basically sitting in the apartment in darkness and crying. Sure. And just trying to deal with it. And then eventually Sarah and I, the very first movie we saw out the gate after he died was Ocean's 8. We just needed to finally get out of the apartment. It It was open. Uh, We were like, Mm. screw it, let's go. So it was a lot of being with each other, but giving each other space because everyone deals with stuff differently. Sure. And just kind of working through it is the weirdest thing. And then we actually had a memorial service for him Mm -hmm. with all of our friends. And we actually did the same thing. We had the vigil for Cal when Cal passed away. And that was because Sarah and I were like, Hey Riley, maybe you should do this because we did it and it helped us a lot. And Mm so we went over there. I brought them wine and food. I I fed them for like a night and a half. I brought them so much food because I, I know what it's like. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, people brought us food and they, you grieve together and then you mm. grieve separately and then you come back. And the yeah. very first thing I did after everything, we had a taping. So was back at the studio <laughs> and <laughs> back I, to work. I call that the Paul McCartney method because Paul's famous for, uh, John's been shot into the studio. Yeah. Linda's dying of cancer into the studio. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's a, it's, it, it's, it sometimes can be, uh, a disconnection, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. You got to get back to just something normal. Yeah. And with you guys, I could be around it. Like with my day job, I don't 
want to be around sure. that. You know, like I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. But you guys, I could be around. And the very first thing that happened, yeah. I walked in and Riley grabbed me and started hugging me. And sure. I was like, and now I'm crying again. But we got through. <laughs> yeah, no, I think. And, and, and again, you know, I'm going to make keep making this this weird comparison. You you know, you lose a, a family member, a human being that, that is a separate that's a separate thing. And, and I, I don't like to see it compared because I think sometimes with these animals, they are like you said, yours is an official emotional response dog. But even, even if it's not, it is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't have a paper that allows you to carry it on a plane. Um, I was, you know. My dogs over the past years of my life, you know, those I cried tears in front of them for something going on in my life. Right. I shared that moment with them. I shared my happiness with them. I've come home from the hard day of work and grabbed them and felt the licks on my face. So it is it is almost in a weird way, a more honest, pure emotional connection that that has a special power. A hundred percent. And it was very interesting seeing how people online react to situations like that, Mm -hmm. because I know Riley kind of dealt with some of the same stuff. I'd end up with people going, it's just a dog. Just replace it. Does it really matter? And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, Saying it yes, it does. You? Yeah. Because they, you know, they're- Give the me your internet. names. Give me their names. I'll find them. Uh, well, I'll it, fight them. You know what happened? We were all together when it happened. Yeah. And uh, Sturger and some of the others got online <laughs> and they, they went on, on the guy. Two but. people I don't ever want to get upset online are Jen Sturger and Mark and Draco. It's true. And they were both together when it happened, which was fascinating. So, you know, I had everyone in my corner, but like people look at animals like they're just animals. They're Mm -hmm. not. We spend so much time with them. We spend all of our darkest moments at times with them. We we have the happiest moments of our lives with them. Like they're there to be there with us. So why should we not treat them like they're important? Yeah. And and it is... uh, it's an underrated uh, look. Healthcare is just a bigger, different discussion. Yes, um, but I think underrated in that discussion is the cost of, of pet care, um, yeah. and um, and then it becomes this weird spot. Am I paying fifteen thousand dollars to save the life of a pet? And you put you're putting this weird spot, mm-hmm. and I'm the one like I'll open up a I'll get a loan right now because yep. I'll sell my car. We're gonna do this again because it's not this silly little seven-year-old can and that's a powerful connection but you know it's not a kid connection with my doggy it is me as an adult in my mid-20s crying uh with my dog it is yeah. it is me at 20 having a, a a new new year's eve where i was bawling my eyes out with my dog at the time uh ginger rest in peace good dachshund um so and you have these connections with humans and you should by the way have these connections with i would humans. hope you do if you're listening to but this but there is an unfilled because i think because sometimes if you're afraid of confrontation or you struggle with confrontation or you struggle with emotional int- intimacy with a human i think you don't with a dog yeah or exactly. a cat or a ferret or a platypus whatever you got yeah and it's unfiltered i agree and that's why we went to the lengths we went to try to save him because mm-hmm. for us that's how i see it and it's funny yeah. because i'm actually noticing now as I've looked into it more, there's actually employers now who offer pet insurance as part of their oh, really? policies. Yeah, when you're getting your own insurance, some of them really? offer pet insurance now. That's and, and that's great. pretty great. And I know yeah. that some of them are even treating the death of pets as like a grievance. Mm-hmm. And so if you need bereavement, they give you Interesting. paid time off for it. Yeah. It's not everyone, but you know some yeah. places do. And, I, and again, I, I, I get as, as a former boss sometimes wouldn't allow people to take their birthdays off because they just asked me the day before. Um, I got, I understand, oh, well, it's a dog, but, but you're not functioning. You just said you, you knew you couldn't go to work. Yeah. 
a hundred percent. There was no way I could stand there. I, I'll be honest. I, I'm not going to be working there much longer or after this, I'm not working there by the time <laughs> this airs. I worked at a hotel. That, that yeah. was my job doing everything Jeez. else. <laughs> you got so, customer service. Yeah. You're crying because your dog died and someone's like, I don't have enough towels. Or you didn't upgrade my room. <laughs> okay. Well, my dog just died. Well, I still want a bigger room. Someone, okay. I need soap. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's okay to take that mental time too. I think that we don't focus enough sometimes on ourselves in that moment that Mm -hmm. if we need it, sometimes it's okay to walk away. Yeah. You know, like don't let people push you around to the point where it's like, you feel like you need to go in Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. yes, don't get me wrong. I know it's your job, but at the same time, your mental health is just as important. And I think we don't focus enough on that. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to just, you know what? Take a mental day. It's totally fine. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we were in my Twitch stream the other day, and and uh, my my listener uh, and Twitch stream uh, friend Alice, Star Wars Alice, oh, yeah. we call. Her. She um she was like, I'm here watching because I took a day off. I took a personal day from work. We were all like, congratulations, not because we're like, yeah, get out of work. Just like, good, good, good. Press pause for a little bit, yeah, and, and enjoy something. I think that it just isn't something we always do, mm-hmm. and it's weird because again, it's what we've been talking about. We live to make ends meet a lot of the time we do. And so you're put into a position where sometimes you have to do that. Right. But eventually if you keep doing that, you end up like Michael Douglas and falling down. Yeah. Which, you know, you know, he's got some good points, PJ. All right. All right. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, how can you not by the time Robert Vaughn kills you in the middle of Manhattan beach? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you you know, those, those hamburgers didn't look like the posters. No, I know what you mean. Cause look, especially this is, that was going to be one of the little follow-ups here. You are a hard working person. So your tendency to, you know, Paul McCartney, you didn't get back in the studio. Uh, it's not a bad, again, not a bad thing. Uh, and working hard is not a bad thing. Uh, and getting 12 jobs to make ends meet is sometimes what you have to do, whether you, that, that should be the case or not, that's what it is. But the, to be able to, to not be afraid to just relax. Can you relax? Are you a person that can say, I've got two hours and this is what's going to happen? Yes. I, yeah. I've actually taught myself to do that because I didn't used to didn't do used that. Didn't used to be able to and do that? I, I, it was hard because I always felt like I needed to be doing something. But eventually I taught myself mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to just sit down and do nothing. The last right. couple of days... Uh, I've been watching the documentary series that CNN did, like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I watched. Lived it. I lived in all those. I, I mean, I lived through the nineties, <laughs> and I, it's surprising how much I didn't mm-hmm. remember. I was younger, so sure, sure. You know, re- kind of going through it, and you see a lot of the cracks of where we are now, yeah, starting yeah. then, which was very interesting. But sometimes it's okay to just for two hours. I'm going to put this on. And right. that's what I'm going to do. I should have been packing, but again, you know. I wanted to take some time down. And well, yeah, it's, I always say, it's like when my, I don't have, I'm not a person with anxiety, but we right. all get anxieties. Sure. Um, so sometimes the anxiety of I'm not doing enough, my career's not doing this and that's so I'm not, and I'm not making money. I'm looking at the checkbook or, well, we used to have checkbooks, PJ, now it's online. Um, looking at that stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? The next hour, I'm not going to do anything. Cause you know why? And no matter what I do in the next hour, at the end of it, I will not be more successful, rich, anything. I can right. take this hour right now. Yep. You don't need to pack right now because by the end of the night, you will have packed. You know Exactly. <laughs> take the break. You know what I think some of it is, too? It's very interesting. And some of it comes from video games now. Because a lot of video games are so mission-based that even when you're playing a video game, it's not relaxing. <laughs> I've never heard that. I, and I love that. Have you thought about that? I like, love that. We, we, in the 90s when video games stopped being Mortal Kombat and uh, we moved into like 
the Legend of Zelda, where it Stories, became a story yeah. and driven. Even video games stop being relaxing. You see people, I know you and I, sit mm-hmm. and play Battlefront all the time. We want to yeah. unlock everything. Yeah. So you're not even playing just for fun anymore. You feel like you have to be have doing to something. Do it. It's interesting. And so that's part of the, I don't even game as much as I used to because I yeah. feel like I'm not relaxing. I'm investing myself so much that I'm going to throw the controller at the television. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> upset because uh, I had about a half hour. I got home from a late lunch and you were nice enough to kind of move our recording time back. And I sat down for a half hour, play some MLB The Show, and oh, I yeah. lost one of my best players to a broken leg. Oh, my God. And I'm not one of those reset button unsaved things. I'm like, oh, this happened. And I was really upset because right. it's one of my goals. Was really- but no, I've never, I, you know, we hear violence and all these other things with video games, but that's so interesting that there is an entire generation of video games mm-hmm. that has created an atmosphere of complete the next mission, complete the new, do not stop, do not stop right. until you have 100% completion. And, and what you're saying, PJ, is uh, I don't want to step on your philosophies. It's okay to take a side mission every now and then. Absolutely it is. And that's why I kind of like the open world games now. Open world games there you go it gives you the chance to you know if i'm going to play red dead redemption and i just want to ride off into the sunset and shoot the next guy in the town i'm just gonna do it love it Um, and yeah that's a good purging of anger right um you had mentioned you you have made uh you and sarah your uh, lovely blushing bride how long you guys been married now almost three years that's great yeah Young pups, yeah, you a lot know. of a lot of courage doing that. I I respect. Oh, thanks, that. man. That's that's also confronting. So a, a, a new chapter with with uh, gusto, and I, I love you both for it. There, um, you guys made the decision to to get some new dogs, mm-hmm. uh, and and that is tough. And I know Riley, he has Leia now, yep. but he wasn't sure when was the right time. And people kept saying, hey, "You'll know." So did you guys? You, you and Sarah, no. Yeah, we knew. And it, after Kirk happened, uh, we kind of sat for a little while and we weren't sure what we were going to do. And Ashley and Tim Franco, who we've become very close with um, mm-hmm. through the Schmodown, of yeah. all things, um, we had talked to them for a little bit because they are Corgi owners as well. Mm-hmm. And we, there's a whole contingent of the Schmodown community who loves Corgis. And Corgi we all have Corgis. Yeah. I'm in the Chihuahua contingent. That's so. a great contingent. They're a little <laughs> yappy, but you know, you get through Oh, they it. are. A little, but, a little bit of attitude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as things should be. Yeah. And so we had reached out to Ashley and I was like, hey, you know, I know that you have a breeder. Like, it, how is it? Mm. Like, how's the process? And so we went to her and she talked to the breeder and it's this lady. She's very nice. She lives down in Arizona. She's got like a Corgi farm. Okay. And that's what she does. She takes care of corgis and mm. has corgis and gives them to very loving homes. And I'm all about rescuing animals, by yeah. the way. I All my cats are rescues. Sure. Um, but w- when it comes to corgis, it's a lot harder to find rescues. Mm. And so we were like, we really wanted to get one dog. And the corgis we were supposed to get, um, I mm. guess the litter didn't make it originally. Mm. And mm. so we were like, okay, well we're just going to hit it on pause and we'll kind of go from there. And then the breeder reached out to us a little while later and she goes, Hey, I have two corgis that were just born. They're related to Tim and Ashley's mm-hmm. and they were the only two in the litter. And it's the last one that this litter is ever going to have. Would you guys like to keep them together? And we'll give you a discount. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so went down to Arizona and got these two adorable corgi dogs and nice. they are wonderful they're a handful because yeah. they have attitude and they're young sure. and they're rambunctious but can't help but love them yeah <laughs> you know you can. but yeah it was a it was a timing thing and it, and it's about forming a brand new connection not a replacement connection exactly and, and, that's, and that's that's hard it but is you're doing it 
Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they look at it, they want to replace the dog, never replace you. You can't. No. You can never fill that hole that you specifically had for a dog. Right. I had a pug for 18 years oh, in Oscar. Wow. Yeah. And he was the, he transitioned with me from Sacramento down to here mm-hmm. when I originally moved. And when I went home to see my parents years ago, he came up with me to come and see him. He saw them one last time and he decided that was that. Really? Yeah. Nice. He came home one last mm-hmm. time, said goodbye to my family and... That was that. That was that. And so, hmm. you know, when we got Kirk, it wasn't about replacing Oscar. Yeah. It was about the next thing. The next chapter. Yeah. And Sarah had always wanted a Corgi and we had gotten married. I was like, why not? Like, yeah. Why not get a Corgi? And so we did. Let's yeah. talk love, man. Let's talk happy. Yeah, things. let's do it. I don't, I, yeah, this is great stuff, by the way. You're making me sad in a good way. In a good way, thinking about the dogs of my past. Yeah. Uh, let's talk love, man. Let's talk All love. Right. Married three years. How married long have you guys been together? Uh, about six years. So I am fascinated by, uh, you were like, this is it. This is it. it. That's pretty powerful because we don't hear that a lot. No. They're all like, you know, Mark Ellis taking naps by himself the rest of his life. (laughs) I have always been someone who, if I was in a relationship, it normally ended up being a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And when Sarah and I met, we were working at Disney. It, you mm-hmm. couldn't ask for like a more magical, perfect story. Oh, we worked that. together okay. working at Disney. Where, uh, so where, where, where did you work uh, at Disney? Were you California Adventure nice. over at the theme park side? I was a lead and a trainer and um, okay. worked the attractions over there. Over there, you mm-hmm. know, secretly that's one of my favorite. I actually kind of like going over there more. I like it better over there too. Yeah, yeah. You know well, what it is? I look. I love Star Wars Land. Don't get me wrong, but California Adventure has alcohol. Well, yeah, my my good friend Matt Key, his wife, for a long time worked over at Ariel's Grotto. Oh yeah. One time we got over there, we got lit. I can see that happening. It's the best though. And there's some good margaritas over there good too. Good stuff too. Mm-hmm. And and uh, with that little roller coaster that's like the Laurel Canyon ride, they changed it. The name of it. Yeah, I it's the Incredit Coaster now. Yeah. I worked there. Yeah. You probably saw me at probably. one time when Talking I was about over the there. little one with the car, the goofy, mm-hmm. goofy one, not the big California screaming. The little oh, yeah, 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 the one over in the corner. Yeah, the yeah. corner. Oh yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You probably strapped me into a car once. Probably. Um. So you worked there. Where did she work? She worked at the Fun Wheel and the Swings, and then she did a lot of guest control over there as well. So we're doing World of Color at night things like that and i did that for a long time too and i mean for when you're at Mm -hmm. disney for a long time you tend to do a lot of different things gotcha gotcha. which is really kind of cool you can go and do that because it Mm -hmm. offers that opportunity and we were working there together and i had gotten out of a relationship that was not great uh fairly toxic relationship Mm -hmm. which was unfortunate and we kind of just started seeing each other and before i knew it she snuck move in on me uh nice. similar to if you've okay. seen spin city it's yeah. kind of the opening pilot episode when mike is dealing with that that's what happened to me and she, i was like one day you turn around she's living with you yeah good going sarah yeah so she i realized oh she's living with me uh-huh okay we're gonna we're gonna do this and <laughs> so eventually we moved back to Sacramento for a year. Some stuff had happened with my family and okay. my parents were like, Hey, would you mind coming home for a little bit? Absolutely. I can definitely do that. So we moved back for a year. Um, there was an incident right after we moved back where Sarah dealt with depression very badly. And mm. I came home from work and she had tried to kill herself. Mm. Mm. Um, we publicly talk about this. So it's, I was going to say, I was trying to talk about happy things. Here, no, but yeah, it, it turns this, happy. It turns happy. Yeah. And so when that all happened, we realized like, obviously there was some work to do on getting her back 
better. Mm-hmm. And the thing that helped her get through it, of all things, she found the Schmodown. Like she knew I watched Schmoes and live. Oh, sure. Or, yeah, yeah. But yeah. she had never seen it. She started watching Schmodown okay. and it got her through it, which helped amazingly. So Roka's her favorite person in the whole world because this was the early seasons when it had just hit Collider. Gotcha, gotcha. Like gotcha. I'd seen the initial when you guys did it on Schmoes. Schmoes, got it, got it. And so she started wrapping herself in that. And then when we moved back, we were like, well, if we're moving back, it's a big commitment to come back. We should get married before we do it. Gotcha. And so my mom officiated our wedding. Nice. Yeah, it was a small wedding, just had a couple of friends, like nothing crazy. And we, you know, it was a really good decision. Nice. It it was a weird thing because, I mean, it's almost three years. I'm almost 30. So I was 27. I was... Still young as far as things oh, like this young. goes. Trust me, from my vantage point, you're a baby. But I know you're not. 27 yeah. is old enough to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. It's old enough to do things wrong. I wanted to make sure I wasn't. And, you know, we mm-hmm. did the normal make, you know, do like couples counseling type thing. Make sure everything mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. right. And we went for it. And mm-hmm. I'm happy, man. It's right. not always easy, sure, especially no. down here when it comes to monetary situations. Oh, you're married and you got a roommate. God bless Alex. He's yeah. a sweetheart. But yeah, that's it's tough. It's hard to build a life. Like yeah. That. And hard. so, but we took the chance and yeah. I'm glad we did because I, I wouldn't know what to do yeah. without her. Um, I'd probably be, you know, uh, living over on Coanga yeah. by myself in a tent. Uh, you know, it's a good job if you can get it, but yeah, I know what you mean, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's that is a love story that is happy and 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 an honest one in the sense that hey it ain't always easy that we hear that but the details of what that means in each right. in each of our lives could be a real challenge there and it's also interesting for me to hear that Schmodown helps somebody in any way shape or form yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what it is man I I mean look. what do you think it is without her and I, I you know uh, this is Sarah's story to tell and uh, maybe those answers will come here on the show one day but but what do you feel. Uh, with and you've someone who's dealt with depression too. What is the investment? Is the investment in the, just the characters, the week to week, the entertainment that takes you away from it all? What is it? Yeah, I think more than anything because I mean, obviously, I'd already been watching you guys, yeah. so I knew who you were. But as the characters started to evolve and to grow, and mm-hmm. that first season, if you go back, it's a little bit different. We had a lot of people who never came back after that, so yeah, every yeah. week it was a little different because, yeah, every once in a while, like it would be Roka Mance and Roka yeah. Roka Mance is her favorite match of all time. Right. The, she loves the romance stuff, and I think it's the characters. I think it's the getting away for an hour at a time to watch some guys sitting at a desk making funny jokes while people are answering movie questions. Because mm-hmm. we love baseball, mm-hmm. we love basketball. Well, I love basketball. Uh, yeah, it's you, sir. Uh, no, but you know, not everyone loves sports, and yeah. I think that there's a contingent of people who don't love sports who found their own sport, and it's a nerdy yeah. sport, and I think that that helps too. That's interesting. That's interesting to take on it too. And for those who are listening and don't happen to know what the movie trivia Shmodon is, we've referenced it a lot today. <laughs> it is a competitive movie trivia show that can be found on the movie trivia Shmodon YouTube page. Uh, used to be on Collider. Um, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I always talk about the sports muscle and the nerd muscle are kind of the same thing. They're not often thought that uh, of that, but but they are. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, so that's interesting. So if some is Sarah not a sports person? She likes baseball, but that seemed to be the only Good thing. Woman. Yeah, she yeah, loves yeah. baseball. She's an Angels fan. So, of course. Well, we'll work on that. You know. Anaheim, I, Disney, I get it. Yeah, I, I've tried So, it. But she has a little bit of the muscle, too. But I guess for a lot of people, it is. Like, it's 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 exciting for me to hear that because it's like, yeah, that's what sports is for a lot of people. It exactly. is is you're investing in, in storylines. 
Yeah. Will the Yankees overcome their injuries? Right. It's a real life storyline. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I, uh, I've been watching that CNN documentary. I'm watching the one on the eighties right mm-hmm. now. And one of the things they talk about was in, when sports finally became like a fully televised thing, yeah. people started buying into it in the eighties because it became those storylines. Like, yeah. you know, you look at the Lakers and Boston and the Celtics mm-hmm. and like that whole rivalry between magic Johnson and Larry yep. bird. And like, you see that playing out and it goes, Oh, yeah. now I'm buying into it. And it's the same thing for you and I, I mean, we're lucky yeah. with the Yankees. We have pretty good seasons most of the time. Most of the time. But I know we have quite a few friends. Some are Oreos fans, and yeah. I oh, just yeah. feel sad for them. Or, again, Sarah loves the <laughs> Angels, and they just got dealt a pretty nasty blow with their pitcher. Uh, fortunate passing so, to Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, um, just heartbreaking. Uh, which reminds they, they had uh, one of their pitchers die um, early in a, 2000s. Mm-hmm, in a car accident yeah. over in Fullerton. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, well, as far as Yankee fans go, I you know I was a Yankee fan all through those '80s too, where that was some tough times. '96 changed all that, but yeah, but and you say Oriole fan, I, I laugh because my my good friend Dan Farner had uh, been on the show before. He's a long suffering Orioles fan, but he's he's got to experience some world's titles, uh, world's titles uh, back in the day. Um, so as as we start to wrap up here, I don't want to take too much of your time here. This is a uh, you, you you are. You sound to me, you are, but you sound here, especially in talking to you, uh, such a positive guy, but that doesn't necessarily mean your life has been full of positive things, and I really respect that. Uh, do you Is that something you have to choose to be every day? A lot of us do. Uh, how do you get to that point? A lot of hard work and always trying to find the positive in things. Mm-hmm. I know that every day is a little different, and every time we wake up, doesn't the world's always different every day Mm -hmm. and you never know what you're going to be dealt but i've always found it's easier to look past and not dwell it's not always easy but when you do that you tend to live happier you laugh more Mm -hmm. you enjoy more and i really hate when i see people suffering Mm -hmm. and suffering is not an easy thing and so as someone who's done it himself i've sat in rooms by myself in the dark and i've cried and I've hated everything that's happening and I've felt lost and alone and you're all, you're not. And it's just been a lot of work to try to convince myself that yes, what I'm doing is right. What we're doing is always worth yourself. And it's really a self-worth thing. If you can convince yourself that even though things aren't always great, you are doing what you can the, to the best of your abilities, you are doing what you can do. Mm-hmm. You're a lot happier mm-hmm. and you surround yourself with the people who, bring that out of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we always see that. And that's mm-hmm. just the way of the world. I get it. We're all dealing with stuff, but you put like-minded people around you who are willing to build you up and you work at it and you work at mm-hmm. it. And even on the toughest days, at least I can go, I can text Ken Napsock right mm-hmm. now and I can make a joke about baseball and at least he'll respond and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, it's little mm-hmm. things like that. I I'm married. I wake up every day to a beautiful wife, mm-hmm. with three cats and two corgis on my bed. So I get about this much <laughs> space, but it's all worth yeah. it in the end. Yeah. So I've worked yeah. really hard to get there. As someone who's been pushed out of bed by a two pound chihuahua, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. it's not yeah, easy. So you, 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 you take stock, but is it, it's a choice you have to make every yes. day. Yes. And it's a good choice, though. And I think that some people don't always see it as a choice. Mm, You know what I mean? Like, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. Depression, I've said before, you've heard a lot of people heard depression can be a friend Mm -hmm. that you love to hang out with. Exactly. And some of us have too close of a relationship with that that friend. And I've been there. I've been at the bottom of that well where you're hanging out with depression going, it's okay down here. I like it. Yeah, it's a little dark and it's fun. And No. The chairs are comfortable. Yeah, and I, I worked really hard to go, you know... 
you can stay down here. I'm going to mm-hmm. hang out at the top of the well. Yeah. I might come see you. I might not. Yeah. You know, and I've worked really hard to get there, and I, I think I've done all right. You have done spectacular, sir. I am excited for your new adventure. Um, um, also, what I'm excited about is it also means not a lot uh, digitally has to change for you. No. So you have a lot of shows. Uh, as we start to wrap up, we love to, not, it's not just plugs, but it is, it is uh, you know, that's a particular uh, currency without a doubt. Um, um, what, what, do you, what do you want to accomplish? I know a lot of it right now is an open, open road. But with your shows and everything, what what's the next chapter going to look like for the PJ Campbell Show and you? So right now, what it's kind of looking like, I'm going to continue doing the PJ Campbell Show. Uh, what I'm hoping to do is I want to start a small network with some of the people that are in right. uh, one of my inner circles that I've mm-hmm. met through the Schmodown. There's a lot of really talented people out there that I think that they don't necessarily get a voice. And so what mm-hmm. I'd like to do is do something that lets my show be an anchor on a podcast network, but also gives them a chance to do something that I'm hoping people will turn tune into. Yeah. So there's a couple of people that I've been talking to, uh, Matt Kearns, Jacob London, Mm -hmm. and we're looking at building some shows. Frank and I have another one that we have been talking about doing for a little while that, we want to focus on movies that have rotten scores on Rotten Tomatoes, but mm-hmm. they're movies that we love and we want to give them love. Right, right. Uh, because I think that lately, as far as things go, we really have decided art is either good or bad by a number on a website, and right. it's really disconcerting to me. It's The website's great. It's a great tool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's But I'm, I'm wanting to get past that and, like, what are these movies – like, what's worth – your time with these movies. Why, even though they're rotten, are they worth your time? And I'd like to give some love to stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at. The future is I'm hoping to just build my friends up and their content, but also continuing mine and having a good time with it, you know? And and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier is I've always been that person. If I could have all the money in the world, I would just give it back to my friends so that they could do the stuff they want to do. So if I can give them a, if I can give them an outlet, then I've done it. I think you're going to do it. I think you are doing it. I think you're going to do it. And then you're going to get a lot of that extra money to uh, rescue uh, 32 corgis. It's true. And share them with the world. And then the rest is all going to go to the Napsock yeah. files. Uh, you know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, I- I'll find my way somehow, somehow, uh, somewhere. Uh, look, Patrick Campbell, PJ Campbell. Where does PJ come from? Uh, my mom used to call me PJ all the time, and okay. I used to hate it. Um, yeah. My middle name is Joseph, so Patrick Joseph. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, I used to drive me crazy, and then I moved down here, and I was like, you know what? I actually kind of like it, and I just I, grabbed it. I, I would, and I know some good Pats, but right. I'd rather be called PJ than like, hey, Pat. Right, and that's kind of what yeah. it was. I was like, you know what? When we moved down here, mm-hmm. a lot of people take stage names and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of a stage name, but it's my name. That's oh, your name. It's a yeah. good one. Thank you. It's, um, I feel like, I feel like uh, Billy the Kid and Youngins, too. It's a good name. It's a good name. Best dollar 80 I ever spent. <laughs> Henry William French. <laughs> Henry. You got to say the Henry. You got to get the D. Henry William French. Uh, Patrick Campbell, PJ Campbell, the PJ Campbell Show. Tell everyone now, here's where you really plug. Where can they find you and your shows and all your fun things? So, of course, you guys can find me over on Twitter at PJ underscore Campbell. You can find our show over on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can buy podcasts, you can find us. And, of course, we have a Facebook group, the PJ Campbell Show. Head over there. You can talk about movies with people have a good time really i just want to say thank you ken for having me on man i i can't believe i'm here this is amazing oh come on you're gonna far surpass me 
Uh, uh, oh, and, please. Folks like me and Alice are just here warming up the seats for the, those who are coming behind us. And uh, happy to have you on, finally. Yeah, thank uh, you. Appreciate all the work you do behind the scenes that no one sees and no one really hears about. If you're a fan of uh, the movie Trivia Schmodown, there's a lot of people you should be thanking, but this is one of them, PJ Campbell. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, best to Sarah, please, and of to your course. dogs and cats and your little uh, uh, zoo that you're raising. And I'll be seeing you real soon, my friend. Absolutely. We're almost out of here. You know where to find me. At Ken Knapsack, across all social media platforms. Go to my website, KenKnapsack.com. And if you want to pick up the book, Why We Love Star Wars, audiobook is on the way shortly at the time of this recording. I don't have the actual date, which is, hey, which is why I'm doing these intros uh, during the week I release the episodes in case I have updated information. See? That's the example. And if I've done my job in the intro, I've paid homage to all my high-tier executive producer, Patreon supporters. But if you want to support me, go to Ken Napsuck on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ken And I got merch on Public too, if you want to represent me, including this shirt I'm wearing. You can't see. It's audio only, but it's my Why We Love Star Wars uh, t-shirt designed by Kyle Harlow, a Patreon supporter as well. That is it for this week. I'm going to go pet a dog because that is what we all should do every day. We'll see you next time on the Knapsack Files. 